Welcome to the next episode of Inside the Key Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Jeremy Porth. And I'm the other host, Jonathan No Sack. That's right. And uh, we want to talk about the uh, current goings-ons, going-ons, the, the things that are happening. The happenings. <laughs> uh, in the NBA. So uh, j- just kind of where we are right now. Um, we are halfway through Saturday night games for October 23rd. Mm-hmm. So as of the time of this recording, the games happening on Saturday haven't even finished yet. Some of them have, but we can't necessarily report on everything that's gone on. Um, hopefully we'll get this episode up tonight. Um, but I wanted to talk about just a couple things. We're, we're really just a few days into the season, so it's it's a little bit early to to try to make any kind of huge predictions, but I wanted to talk about the Chicago Bulls. They've put together really a pretty interesting team. Um, They've gotten a lot of criticism for the team they put together. Mm -hmm. The the critique is that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, cohesiveness to the people they put together. And I I can get on board with that. What I see is... They they really have some pretty good guards. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know their their big man is is Vucevic, who is a monster of a big man. You know he'll put up twenty points and twenty rebounds every night, and it's no big deal for him. But defense is his weakness. He really can't play defense, and and he's their you know he's their center. Um, DeMar DeRozan they brought in, who historically has been a shooting guard, small forward type wing player. Um, but as of recently, his last year, he was in San Antonio and they were playing him a little bit of power forward. I think we can probably see that again here in uh, Chicago. Yep. Um, his weakness as well is he's not a defensive minded player. He can go put up 30 points easy, um, but he's not a defensive player. And that puts them in a position where if they do choose to put him at power forward, their two big men guarding the key don't play defense. Yeah. How, how do you feel that might affect them? I think they're going to be asking a lot from their bench players. Um, I think they have some guys on the bench who can play defense, but you want your players in the game who can score. I think we're going to see a lot of scoring out of them, which will be great for fantasy. But as a team, you know, and I think Lonzo Ball can play defense. I do think DeMar DeRozan can turn on the defense when he needs it. But the problem is asking him to play the power forward position, playing guys like Julius Randle, he's not going to be able to defend Julius Randle. No. You're not going to stop you're not going to stop these true power forwards. It's it's going to be interesting to see how the small ball goes for a team. It's like like you were saying, it's kind of like um Dollar General uh Golden State Warriors. It's the discount, the discount version, right? Golden State has done a very good job of of making the small ball work, but but yeah, you're right. You know, if if uh, if Chicago goes up against Dallas and they've got Porzingis playing the power forward, yep. DeRozan can't do it. No, if they're going up against Portland, where Portland's playing Robert Covington at the power forward, that's going to be more of a reasonable yep. matchup. Um, but I I have to think more often than not, 
Chicago if they choose to put DeRozan at power forward in the final stretch of the game. It's going to be rough for them. But on the other hand, you're right. They, they have the potential to put up a lot of points every night. They have Lonzo Ball at the point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, Zach Levine, who can play the wing. Um, they have Derek Jones Jr., who can kind of play any kind of guard forward position. Uh, they have Alex Caruso. They have Kobe White. Both yep. of those guys are um, strong guards. Um, Guard-wise, they, they have some pretty decent depth. It's yeah. just in the big man uh, category, I, I just I don't I don't know. Um, but you know, to start the season, they're already three and zero to start the season, which is no real surprise. Their first opponent was Detroit. Then yeah. they played the Pelicans, and then their third game, they're back playing Detroit. So yeah. not a huge surprise that they won those first three. Um, it's not really a great way to gauge how good they're going to be. Um, but you know, that that kind of confidence to start the season is definitely critical. I think what the Bulls are going to need to do is outscore everybody. I don't think they're going to be able to stop anyone <clears throat> once people figure out what their weakness is. You know, the success for me of small ball has always been, especially having watched a lot of Golden State games, they have a player like Draymond. While he's not the biggest power forward, he's a facilitator, which DeMar DeRozan can be a facilitator, but he typically needs the ball in his hands to do something. But he also has length. Draymond has length. His arms are long. DeMar DeRozan doesn't have that wingspan. He can't get around bigger defenders. He can't use his arms to make up for his lack of size. And the other thing that I've seen is they always have an anchor in the middle. These small ball teams generally have a defensive, rebound-minded center who can come out and help if their smaller power forward is struggling and can also rebound the ball when outside shots don't fall. So I'd be curious to see what happens. Vukovic is obviously a capable rebounder, and he's fine for defense, but he's not a defense-first player. They're a very offense-first team, and it's really going to be interesting to see what happens when they can't score. Yeah, it, it, I think it's going to look a lot like what the Brooklyn Nets look like right now. And, and Brooklyn is significantly better on the defensive side than Chicago is. Yeah. But um, Brooklyn is a lot of offensive firepower. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they're going to be in a similar situation where, um, you know, offense is probably just a little bit more fun. They're probably yeah. going to want to prioritize their energy on the offensive side and hit a bunch of threes. And if they let the other team score a few, well, Brooklyn can probably just score more quicker and yep. better. So uh, not not a huge deal. Yeah, the Bulls are going to be fun to watch. But whether or not they're going to do anything meaningful, we'll see. I, I don't have high hopes for them this year. Okay. Probably okay. a good fantasy fantasy team, though. Um, if you want to pick some of those guys up, if they're available in your league. Um, I, I do want to talk briefly about the the some of the records so far, and and again, we're we're still in the first week of the NBA. We I, th- I think this is what day five of of NBA basketball, and the games aren't, aren't even done yet. But if we look at teams that are undefeated so far, some of these are really pretty surprising to me. Uh, in the East, Chicago is three and zero. The the Knicks and the Wizards and the Hornets are all two and zero. Yep. Surprises me that the the Wizards and Hornets would start out undefeated, <laughs> and and of course we're only a few games in. Um, in the West, we have Utah, we have Golden State, Minnesota, Denver. They're all two and zero, and Memphis is one and zero. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> it's, it is surprising the Hornets are are three and zero. Um, and in the West, the the equivalent surprise is that Minnesota is is two and zero. Yeah. On the other hand, um, who the Hornets have played is the Pacers and the Cavs. So those are two teams I would say are worse than them. Uh, and I I do wonder if the Hornets maybe have figured out something team wise. I think the teams we're seeing win right now are the teams who are more cohesive, have stuck together. The Knicks did a good job retaining their roster, right? Mm-hmm. Their core of their roster. Yeah. Julius Randle. Um, they added Kimball Walker. And really, that's the biggest move they had. They have R.J. Barrett still. Their core pieces are still on the team. And they just added more talent at the point guard position. So I think what we're seeing with all of these teams is teams that have retained their identity but also maybe added one or two pieces are undefeated. They're coming out of the gates strong. Just like with every NBA season, I anticipate the people who we think are going to be good will be good. As the season moves on, they'll be in the playoffs, and that's when basketball really matters. Right. And on the other side, we have a few teams that are still winless. We have uh, in the East only three teams, Detroit, Boston, and Orlando. Boston's the big surprise to me there. I, I still see Boston as being a team who's pretty well guaranteed to be in the playoffs with the type of talent they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the West, um, the Clippers and the Blazers, both uh, 0-1 so far. Blazers are, are currently um, quite quite a bit in the lead over uh, Phoenix. It's only, I think, halftime at the moment, so we'll, we'll see how that one finishes out. Um, but 0-2 in the West are the Pelicans, the Thunder, and the Lakers. Yeah. Now, the Lakers, <laughs> there's been some tension and some drama going on. W- yep. What did you see there? Oh, man, I think you're seeing a lot of really good players and a lot of big egos. These guys, you know, Dwight Howard is still a good player. Um, And he when you play sports, when you play when you play a game at the level that he's played it, that mentality never leaves unless it's forcibly removed. You saw it with Carmelo Anthony. He kind of had to be humbled a little bit. Um and he had to understand I'm not who I was and I I don't have those same abilities anymore and it's frustrating and it's difficult, but I think Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard has knowledge that Anthony Davis doesn't have from being a veteran in this league. Yeah. And you know, when you're losing, it's, it's hard and it's interesting that two losses causes the Lakers to have conflict like this. Um, I'm curious to see how this goes as the season goes on. I I think LeBron is going to shut stuff like this down. But even him, there's been some comments he's made that just... There's arrogance on that team. And arrogance can be the downfall of even really talented rosters. Um, I mean, it was their downfall last year. They, they thought too highly of themselves. And the other thing with them is they're old. It's an old roster. Um, and we've already seen the effects of that with prior to the season even starting Trevor Ariza getting an injury and having yeah. to have surgery. He's out somewhere between six and eight weeks. Yeah, you're totally right. It's We'll see how the season goes. They're going to need a lot of rest, and I think all they care about is making the playoffs. Um, and I think LeBron is going to be able to refocus those guys on that. So after the opening night when the Lakers lost to the Warriors, you and I were texting about it, and we both – pretty well agreed that the Lakers are going to be just fine. Yeah. 
are you still confident after the Lakers starting 0-2? And granted, they lost the first game to the Warriors, who are very strong, mm-hmm. and they lost the second game to the Phoenix Suns, who are the reigning Western Conference champions. It's two very good teams that they lost to. They're understandable losses. Yep. Do you still feel like, with that being considered and with this conflict we saw on the sideline, that they're still going to be okay? Yeah, I, I think there's a few things we need to see. I think LeBron needs to step up and be a leader. I wouldn't be surprised if, if in a couple weeks we see a, a player-only meeting um, where things are kind of set straight. LeBron's got to take leadership of this team, and that's that's something I think he's gotten better at. I think he struggled with that in Miami, but getting other stars to, to acknowledge you as the leader, we'll see. Westbrook is struggling. Um They've got to find ways to get everybody involved, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm confident they're still going to make the playoffs and, and have some sort of impact in the playoffs. Now, a lot of players, you know, when players sign a contract as a free agent coming into a team, the team isn't eligible to trade them immediately. You have to hold on to them for at least a couple of months. It's somewhere around December 15th is where those uh, free agent signings are are first eligible to be on the trading block from a team right right so that means somewhere in mid-december you you could have the possibility of players like carmelo anthony trevor ariza uh, dwight howard these guys could potentially be on the trading block do you feel like that's a route the lakers are going to be pursuing do you feel like russell westbrook might be on the trading block do you feel like anthony davis might be on the trading block if they continue to go down this route of losing a lot of games or do you feel like they're going to say you know what we have a team of very experienced veteran players and we can just ride out the tough times and we can still come back really all all they need is a number eight spot to get in the playoffs and then they're going to be in the playoffs and that's all they care about yeah they they have a team of veteran players they care about the playoffs if they're the eight seed i don't think they care i think i think westbrook is the only one on that team who will care if they're the eight seed i i think everybody i think lebron is going to be able to use the idea that all those guys want a championship to refocus them on what's important and i won't be i i will not be surprised if we see all this go away if there's a players only meeting soon and the beef is squashed. Whatever's going on. I mean, Dwight Howard's kind of a weird dude. He's been an interesting <laughs> character in the NBA for a while. So, yeah. But if he keeps causing problems with Anthony Davis, I can tell you which one of them is going to be leaving L.A. It's not going to be Anthony Davis. Yeah. And, you know, there is always that possibility that Dwight Howard does leave the Lakers by a buyout. Yep. Where he just says, you know what, I, I can't play here. And I'll just do a buyout. I'll, you know let's just terminate the contract now and someone else will sign me. He's only on a minimum deal right now. He has nothing to lose. Um, All he could really do is actually financially gain from that. You take about 50% of your salary to cut and uh, go sign a full on minimum deal somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think the reason a lot of these guys are here is for the, for a chance at a championship. So I think they'll get their stuff together. Okay. Agreed. Well, let's wrap up the episode. Uh, Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you all next time. See you on the flip side. <laughs> Bye.